can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Welcome to the Talking Pools Podcast. It's Thursday, and Thursday we talk about things that concern pool operators. CPO Thursdays, that's what we call it. I've had a week, let me tell you what. It's been a busy week, but it's been a great week. Monday, I was doing the training for the Environmental Health Department in New Jersey. All the new folks coming in, they have to go through a training program before they can actually become health officials, before they can actually go out into the field. And I've been tasked with the water chemistry training for that department. That's coming off of a project with the Florida Department of Health a week ago pertaining to swimming pools. So a whole bunch of things going on there. Class in Fort Walton Beach yesterday and the day before. Amazing group of people. Always a great location. I was over there at the island. I love the views. The water is absolutely gorgeous. If you are looking for a CPO certification class, hit me up on my website, cpoclass.com. Click on the CPO certification schedule tab. That will take you to the page that lists all of my in-person, all of my virtual classes from now up and through the end of 2022. So even if you don't need something right now, if you're looking to do something in the fall, find the class you need, sign up, secure a seat. They do fill up kind of quickly at If you're looking to get a little bit of training under your belt, get the best possible boost to the CPO program. Even if you're not taking my course, any instructor's course, doesn't matter who it is, on that same website, cpoclass.com, you'll see that I have a CPO practice test tab. Click on that. Ton of information on that page. I have everything from flashcards to downloads to some additional classes that you can take. Some are free. Some are at a nominal fee. I also have a practice test. You want to get your best start. You want to go into the CPO class as prepared as you possibly can. Hit up that page. Again, it's on cpoclass.com. It's the tab that says CPO practice test. Before we get into our subject today, you know the deal, you know the drill, go get yourself a cup of coffee. I'm going to do the same. Let's meet back here in a minute. We're going to dive in to cloudy water. Thank you. 
you've not picked up on this so far, I really do want to impress upon you that there are lives at stake in what you do. And cloudy water is a huge concern. Cloudy water is one of the leading contributing factors to drowning deaths in swimming pools. Were you in the military? Do you like to hunt? Even if you don't, you probably know somebody who was in the military or somebody who does go hunting, or at least you've seen it on TV. Folks that go out into the field in either vocation, hunter or serviceman or servicewoman, wear camouflage. The reason they wear camouflage is it breaks up their outline a little bit. Just by breaking up the outline, it helps them to blend into their environment. That's how that works. That's why they wear that. It doesn't make them invisible. A good eye can still pick somebody out, but it does make it harder to spot them. Cloudy water in a swimming pool can do the same thing. If there's an individual in the pool and they're struggling, if they're having trouble, they might not be noticed as quickly if the water's cloudy. That cloudy water will break up their outline slightly. Now, whether there's a lifeguard up on the deck or just patrons wandering about the pool, other bathers, you want that person in the water to pop like it's HD. We don't want anything slowing down the time of somebody jumping in, somebody reacting, somebody saving that person that needs help. This happened a few years ago. I'm going to tell you this, and it's not just a hazy water story. It's actually a milky water story, but there was an HOA. It's up in the Massachusetts area, and this is a searchable story. Criminal charges were filed against the two health officials that oversaw the inspections at Fall River Swimming Pool. The reason? A 36-year-old woman had drowned. The district attorney accused the two DCR employees of failure to make sure that that Veterans Memorial Pool in Lafayette Park in Fall River was safe for swimming when it opened on the 25th of June in 2011. District Attorney Sutter told the Boston Globe that if the water clarity was as it should have been, this is a quote, if the water clarity was as it should have been, the chances of a lifeguard seeing her, referring to the young woman that drowned, 36 years old, the seeing her go under would have been exponentially increased. Looking back at a video of the facility on the date that the woman drowned, they could see her slip beneath the surface. She didn't struggle. She just went under the water. District attorneys said that the lifeguards were not to blame as the Department of Health, these two health officials, blessed the opening of this pool. The body of the woman that was swimming on the 25th that drowned on opening day in the cloudy water was not discovered until two days later when it floated to the surface. Apparently, the people who oversaw the maintenance of the pool made a decision not to chlorinate or run the filter in order to save money. With no chlorine in the hot June month, even up in Massachusetts, it gets hot in June, the pool became a swamp. One of the workers came back on the 20th, five days ahead of time, saw the pool was swamp vomit green, and demanded that they actually do something. At that point, it was okay. They went and began to chlorinate it, but they were unable to get it clear in time for opening day. Did they delay opening day? Nope, not at all. DCR report on the facility states 
And this is also a quote directly from the operator's report. No incidents or issues reported. The facility looks great. Of course, it's not a swamp at this point in time because they did add some chlorine, but it hadn't had a chance to filter the dead algae from the water yet at this point in time. So what we were left with is a milky white pool. Now, here's the thing. The health inspector that inspected the pool while the person's body was still at the bottom of the water came out and inspected the pool two days after the drowning, noting that the water was cloudy, but he did not recommend that anyone close the pool. And then later that day, that body floated to the surface. And as the ME stated, it takes roughly two days before the body will resurface. That's not what you normally see, but do understand that cloudy water is a big problem and you have a lot of control over that. Now, the most common reasons that water is cloudy, we're looking at the big three here, filtration, circulation, chemistry. First thing I would do, grab your test kit, test the water, check your pH. It's not uncommon to see that a high pH has driven the saturation index up and out of balance to the point where calcium could start to precipitate out and that would give the water a haze that could make the water cloudy because of course we know when the saturation index is high when it's out of balance on the high side when it's greater than positive 0.5 the water scale forming which means that calcium carbonate can precipitate out of solution that will eventually deposit on the walls and the floor or be picked up through the filter but Before that point, what you're going to end up with is a hazy or cloudy pool. So test the pH, see where that's at, run your saturation index calculation, see if something needs to be corrected there. That's what I would hit first. Check the operation of the filter. Make sure that it's operating correctly. Make sure that there's not any problems. Make sure that you're not losing any water out of discharge if you have a multi-port valve on there. If you are, that's an indication that the water's going to the wrong places. If that valve is in the filter position and you have water coming out the waistline, guess what? Your spider gas gets shot, which means you probably have dirty water bypassing the filter as well, which could be heading right back out into the pool. The same thing can happen if you have any damaged internal components inside that tank. It will allow the dirty water to bypass the filter, head right back out into the pool. With sand filters, one of the things that you could see is something known as channeling. Imagine the cross-section of an ant mound and all the tunnels and channels that pass through there. It is a possibility if that filter became caked, if the sand is old, even if the pump is the correct size, all of a sudden now we're pushing more water through it than it can handle because it's not operating the way that it should. This will create those little tunnels through the sand bed that we call channeling that will allow the dirty water to bypass the sand and head right back out into the pool. The same thing when you're looking at your cartridge. If it's a cartridge filter, pull those elements out. Give them a good inspection. Make sure there's no tears. Make sure that the tops are not cracked pressure side DE in those vertical grid filters, take a look at the manifold. Make sure that's not cracked. In all systems, make sure that somebody put that screen back on top of the air relief inside the tank. Not talking about the one outside, but inside the tank. Take a look there because that can also allow dirty water to pass back through to the pool. And if that's what's going on, that could be the explanation for the cloudy water condition. Check your circulation. I don't care what shape the filter's in, if the water's just pissing into the pool, if it's just trickling in, you're not going to get the results that you need. You're not going to get the results that you're looking for. You're going to have problems. 
cloudy water is something in the water that's not dissolved that the filter hasn't picked up. Chemistry problem, we talked about the calcium carbonate starting to precipitate out. Guess what? Not dissolved anymore. It could be dead algae. It could be bacteria. It could be people schmutzing people gack because we know nobody wants to take a shower before they get in. Could it be the pool's about to turn green? You've all seen it happen. It does get cloudy before it turns. Check the disinfectant level. Make sure we have a steady supply of disinfectant and whatever means we're using to supply disinfectant, it's capable of maintaining an adequate level. So if it's cloudy, how do we fix it? There's a couple of different ways that we can go. Years and years and years ago, before the blue liquid stuff existed, there was this stuff called aluminum sulfate. It's starting to make a comeback. People are using more and more of this product, and why not? Your municipality uses it to treat your drinking water. It's one of the first things the municipality does when it pulls the water from a reservoir because it will drop out everything. It'll take out phosphates. It'll take out giardia, cryptosporidium, arsenic. It will drop it all out as well as any floating debris. It will also kill algae. All metals except for one will lyse cells, bacteria or algae. Basically, lysing means that it causes it the cell membrane to rupture. It causes it to spill its guts. Aluminum will do that. In fact, the only metal that will not is stainless steel, which is odd because if you think about it in laboratories and hospitals, everything that they have in those environments that we would love to keep germ-free are made of stainless steel. Aluminum sulfate goes all the way back to 1500 BC. There is record of this stuff being used in Egypt and Rome in that time frame. It didn't have a name, but they knew it was the same product because they described it the same way, and they used it to set dye and material, tan leather, but they also used it to make their water potable. It wasn't until 67 AD that a man named Pliny the Elder sat down and wrote his book of natural history, where he gave the product a name, and he called it alumin, which the rest of the world began to call aluminium which is what the rest of the world still calls aluminum, we in the United States changed the name to aluminum in the 1930s. Like I said, this product is still used in water treatment. It's used in lake treatment and pond treatment. It's used in the manufacture of pickles. Next time you're in the supermarket, spin that ball around. Take a look at the ingredients in pickles. Alum is one of the first ingredients. And at a high level... Look up a recipe for making pickles. Usually they call for a level around 110 parts per million of aluminum sulfate in pickle juice. It's used in hospitals as a blood coagulant. It's used in cosmetics. It's used as an ingredient in fire extinguishers. In the first century AD, there's documentation of aluminum being mined in Greece and being shipped into the Middle East so that they can use it in order to make their drinking water potable. In ancient Chinese medicine, they would eat aluminum sulfate. They called it min fan, if I've pronounced it correctly. Probably not. Min fan. And they would eat this. They would use it as an herb, but they would also take it and stir it into barrels and allow the sediment to set, and then they would drink the water from the surface. So they were using it for water treatment there as well. The one chemical that we still use today that has the longest proven track record 
in the entire industry. We're talking over 3,500 years at this point in time. 3,500 years! This was really popular on the shelves in pool stores up until about 30, 40 years ago. Well, maybe it was about 30, 35 years ago at this point in time. And that's when this blue liquid stuff came about. Synthetic polyelectrolytes, it's also known as polymeric coagulants, these liquids carry a positive charge. The debris in the pool often has a negative charge. So by adding the liquid clarifier to the water, the small particles that have a negative charge bond to the polymers that have a positive charge. It coagulates. It takes tiny things and makes it into bigger things. This way, it will be pulled out easier by the filter, or it will sink quicker to the bottom so that it can be removed during vacuum. Aluminum sulfate works a little bit differently. Aluminum sulfate bonds with hydroxides in the water and forms an aluminum hydroxide flock. And you may have seen this on the shelves in the pool store recently listed as flock within the past few years. This product is also available in large quantities. You can get it in 50-pound bags earmarked for water treatment centers. Ask your distributor. You can get this through distribution. They have availability to this product. It's not expensive at all. You're usually looking at about 30 40 bucks for a 50-pound bag. You use a hefty amount of it, somewhere between four to six pounds per 10,000 gallons. But when you're spending 35 bucks for a 50 pound bag, you're talking an overall cost of, of less than 10 bucks to treat an entire pool. Alum is a little bit picky and sometimes that can make it a pain. If you try to rush it and don't stick to its criteria, that's when it can cause you a headache. Back in 2008, when the recession hit, I was familiar with alum because I had used it before it went away didn't entirely go away. It just became a lot harder to get. But I was familiar with the product. So when the recession hit and people weren't calling people for pool service, my business still had to grow. So I sat down and I thought long and hard. And one of the things I did was I started to build relationships with realtors and banks. To be continued. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 